With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, Ken Miller here with you for the next couple of hours, and appreciate uh, spending some of your morning here with Trent and I. Coming up, well, first and foremost, the important stuff, and that's another keyword coming up here in about 25 minutes, another opportunity uh, to put $1,000 in somebody's pocket. We'll do this in the 10 o'clock hour, likewise in the 11 o'clock hour we'll pick up on where the morning rush left off uh we've got keywords 10 and 11 then murph and andy get theirs at three and right into the fanatics again this is week one of a six-week promotion uh give you an opportunity but a thousand dollar handoff mistress brewing and ankeny uh sponsors that now the bmw of des moines guest list uh, a lot on our plate today looking forward to today's show i love when we go up north to our friend uh, uh mr shipley john shipley from uh, the saint paul pioneer press covers the twins covers the vikings We'll do a lot of uh, Minneapolis topics, Twin Cities topics with John Shipley. Bill Bender on college football, 1045. Of course, Bill writes for the Sporting News. Cappy is here, 1105 for Cappy. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors. And as we talked about yesterday, uh, we'll uh, dot I's and cross T's on the Cubs in the White Sox season and get into the Bears, who uh, sit 3-1. and one. Uh, Big game tomorrow night, Soldier Field. Thursday night football, it returns to NBC. And uh, the Patriots will pay a visit uh, to the Bears. And Tommy Birch going to slide on in here about 11.25. A lot of ground to cover with Tommy. MLB, minor league baseball, dot, dot, dot. Love talking to Tommy Birch. Uh, we should do it more often. We'll get him today at 11.25. So a full day of baseball. The Lakers are one more win away from giving LeBron and company yet another championship. How are you, TC? Doing well. Fun, different kind of day of sports. Getting to you know, the Marlins a little bit more yeah, yesterday. I miss football. Yeah, <laughs> I did too. You know, we were supposed to have football. I mentioned this yesterday. We were supposed to have the Louisiana Appalachian State game. It was supposed to be tonight for the first uh, Sun Belt Wednesday game. Of course, that's off the table. But yeah, a little football. We'll get that tomorrow night. I don't know if we're going to get much of a game. Oh, I hope so. <sighs> Five and a half the number. Buccaneers favored in Chicago. I don't have much hope for my team. That that offensive performance was just so bad putrid, by the Bears Trent, putrid. against the Colts. Yep. The Bucks can get to the quarterback. Yes, I think they 14 can. sacks already this year. Mm-hmm. Not a great recipe for the Bears to pull off an upset, but we'll get into that a little bit more tomorrow. We'll have Jeff Hughes on. We'll talk some Bears with him and uh, dive into it. But I was with you. Baseball is fun. Basketball is fun. 
Still football's number one. Yeah, you know, it is. And, you know, I found myself watching more baseball last night than I did with the Lakers in the heat. Yeah, I, I was probably, the same way. Yeah, maybe 10 minutes of game action I, I watched in uh, in game, uh, what was it, game four last night uh, of the NBA ch- championship. Admittedly, uh, because I knew you were going to do your winners and losers from round one of the NHL draft last mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. I watched. I, got, I sent that over to you. Did you get yes, that? Yes, I got okay, it. Good, yeah, good. I got it. I've got a couple of uh, That's things. for us. Right. Not for the listeners. Uh, not sorry. for the listeners, no. But I did watch the first 10 picks because my team chose number 10, so I uh-huh. watched that for... Did they get the replacement I... for line A? No, he's not gone yet, but don't even get me going because I'm in a good mood and I don't want that to happen. <laughs> yeah, you were down yesterday uh, with uh, that that was rumbling around. He's that... a generational goal scorer, and Trent, they're going to ship him out of town. I swear to God. <laughs> uh, I'll never give up on my squad, but this is going to make it close. Anyways, no more hockey yes. uh, for today. Uh, baseball last night. How about the decision by the Yankees to go out? Out, go with yeah, the I opener. Stupid. And to do it, the reason you go with an opener, and, and this goes way back, this is not some new phenomenon. I was reading an article last night talking about 1928 World Series. The Washington Senators did something very similar with the team they were playing. Well, they stacked their lineup. They started a lefty opener. They started with right handers, and they came with the right hander after that. This is something that has been going on for a long time. The Rays are a team that has taken it to a new level, starting a couple years ago. And the Yankees. Try to get tricky here. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I don't think they had any confidence at all in Jay Happ. Right, I, I don't. Um, but yeah, it seemed like they do. And, and Kevin Cash was um, during his between innings interview, which I don't think is between innings. I think it's actually live during the playoffs. Is, yeah, um, which I guess is okay. Um, I, I mean, I guess I don't care either way, to be honest. <laughs> but I was, I was kind of surprised. I, uh, Kevin Cash said they weren't caught off, caught off guard by this, so why would they be? They're the team that uh, made this kind of uh, back in vogue again. But um, oh, it was, it was it, that was a fun game, Trent. That was a fun game. The home run, my God, oh. the home run by Stanton, as majestic and as big of a blast as you're going to see. And you know what? The glass now's credit who gave up the home run. I mean, that could deflate a guy. Mm-hmm. He struck out the next three batters that he faced. Yes. How and about that? There were a couple of tense spots in there. What bases loaded, big strikeouts there. The bullpen was really good for the Rays last night. I was really entertained. That was a, uh, I don't care. I don't yeah, like I the Yankees. Yeah, I want a series. Yeah. I'm with you. I don't care. But that decision, the three of the first four batters for the Rays are left-handers. Mm-hmm. And you start a righty. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. That's that's not how you do an opener. I, it's well, very still learning this part of the managing <laughs> yes. game. I guess I, I was surprised. As simple as it can be, and you trot out a right hander against the top of their lineup. That's not what you do against with mm-hmm. an opener when you know what they're going to do. Now it's credit to the Rays and the Yankees trying to be smart, forward thinking like the Rays, and they got burned by it, which it is okay by the Yankees. And it's okay by, by me, because now we're guaranteed at least a game four in this mm-hmm. five-game set as opposed to a sweep. Boy, it looks like the A's aren't long for the playoffs, are they? This Houston baseball yeah. team, they're a different animal when they get into the playoffs uh, with uh, with some dudes on that squad, no doubt about it. And Valdez gave up the home run early. that, Trent? This guy was coming out of the bullpen mm-hmm. just a week ago. It was really well, good. He was going to start the next game, but they mm-hmm. brought him in. Right away. Against your twins. And he was outstanding. Yes, he was he good was. again yesterday. He was uh, really fun. It was fun even though the Marlins took the loss, just learning a little bit mm-hmm. more about the team as we found out a little bit against the Cubs and getting to know them. They're fun. They're, they're a fun team to watch. I really enjoy that squad and hope they are building some kind of success that they're going to be able to maintain going forward in that weird National League East yeah. with the Mets. They have money. They don't mm-hmm. spend it very well. The Phillies right. have money. They don't spend it very well. What a weird... Yep. Just division, that is, as a whole. 
and uh, what you have with, of course, Atlanta and all the young talent coming through there. That's been a good series. The other one, how much Dodgers Padres did you watch last night? Uh, probably till the, I think the sixth or until the things seventh. blew up, basically. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Until uh, sixth or seventh inning last night. Another young team that I think is going to be fun to root for and watch. And the Pods, you mean? Yeah. yeah. They, they just are they going to do it this year? Probably no. Not. But going forward, having that team, having something late night to watch, and a team that's entertaining—that's that, what mm-hmm. I like more than anything. And I certainly. Think you're going to have that with the Padres, and this is a start. And this is a growing process for any baseball team going through that. You know, go back six years ago with the Cubs, and they make that breakthrough, getting to the NLCS above ahead of schedule, and then after that, of course, win the World Series in 2015. So or 2016. So that's what you have. I think that building block process that happens so many times, and I think we're seeing that with two teams with the Marlins and the Pods in the you, National. You League. know what else we're seeing trends in the playoffs, and we talked about it last week, and I'm so torn. I, I, I'm so torn. Uh, I mean, just missed call after missed call. You know, just, good God. C.B. Buckner? Yeah, C.B. Buckner was awful last night. Mm-hmm. Is, Hernan- is Angel Hernandez got, is he's part of a, I believe he is. I think you're right, yeah. I thought I saw his name come through. I think he is. When the assignments were handed out mm-hmm. a couple of days ago. I he, think- in fact, he might be in L.A. San Diego. Okay. Which we'll we'll see. Look at it's just I I, I don't want robo umps. <laughs> I want the umps to get the. If it's a strike, it's a strike. If mm-hmm. it's a ball, it's a ball. And maybe it's harder than you think. I don't know. I've never stood behind a plate when somebody's throwing ninety nine or a hundred with movement. When's that movement crossing the plate? And as you pointed out last week, we were all wrong. Who was the batter that uh, that it showed that? Um, and he Rosario? Rosario, yeah, yeah. Rosario. Exactly. When he got ejected. Right. And it was the right call. It was the right call because the ESPN box that you see, and the same thing for the Turner box or FS1, their box is not mirrored to the actual dimensions of the player. It's just a generality. And you look at the actual one that they use for umpires. The umpire did not get a demerit for his call on Eddie Rosario. No. It looked on television awful. Yes. Looked like he missed by eight inches. Mm-hmm. But the actual... Use the way that they use things in the computer system they have with actual Eddie Rosario's dimensions, how tall he is, what his strike zone is. That was actually a strike. Yeah, I remember talking to uh, to McClellan and the late Eric Cooper um, during the shift change or before. Boy, that was a great show. Mm-hmm. Kicks and I mean, what a great way to spend the. If you're a baseball fan. I know this has been a while now, but uh, the upside view was so, so good. Timmy Mack and, I mean, some of the guests that they were, A-Rod's calling in and when he's in, when he's A-Rod, the ball player. Mm -hmm. Um, But just talking about replay coming into the game and how they feel about it. And they were a little bit apprehensive about Mm -hmm. it. And, you know, just because they're going to be proven wrong sometimes, but they get a lot of them right. Mm -hmm. I don't want baseball to go away from the boys in blue. I don't. You know, I, I bitch and I moan about robo umps like everybody. I'm a fan, right? And that's what we do as fans. We bitch and we moan. <laughs> right, yes. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's it's baseball. They're a part of the game, and I don't want to see that um, end anytime soon. And we've seen bad calls all over the place. And, and forever. For, yeah. Man, in every sport. It's a part of the game. Mm-hmm. Not going to get it all right. Not going to be 100%. Even with replay, we see right. it's, nearly imp- it's impossible to get everything yeah. right. On the local front few uh, stories I want to run past you here in our first segment. I'm all for local. Fire away. First, let's start with a little college basketball. Matt Norlander, our buddy. How about this news you're about to say? This is massive, Trent. Iowa had a game scheduled with Oregon State up at the Pentagon in South Dakota. That game, not going to happen. Mm -hmm. 
but they still, Fray McCaffrey said that they still want to get this game in. Now, why, I mean, I know why it happened in the first place, because the Pac-12 wasn't sure they were going to yeah, play. Yep. But even when they res- came back and are going to play, was there talk about... Well, I wonder if Oregon State maybe wasn't wasn't looking to travel that maybe, far. Maybe that's it. You know, hey, we're going to ease into the season, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. But Iowa said, and they told the people up at South Dakota at Sioux Falls, hey, we're still willing to play a game. What a game. Gonzaga was looking for a game, and now that. the preseason number one team in the country and top five I will be mm. facing off in South Dakota. Fans will be allowed, yes, no? Uh, I South, think they uh, will. Yeah, I mean, South Dakota, look, the South Dakota governor's been very um, much against shutting her state down. Right, yeah. Uh, what's her name? I can't remember. Christy yeah. something, I think's her name. Yes. Anyways, She'll, I saw her during July right. the 4th. Yeah, South, South Dakota, they've been very much about that. Will it be well, a they had house? the big motorcycle rally. They did, Sturgis. Sturgis, yeah. right. They had that up there. So I think there will be a fan. I do, but too. I don't know if it'll be a full Well, to you, more importantly, because I know where you're going, uh, you're going to ask me, will there be media? <laughs> will there be media allowed? That's also the same day as the Big Ten Championship game. Oh, you're kidding me. So, I, I mean, I, never put I don't know anybody together. with private jets, but if anybody wants to help a brother out here. Oh, uh, you're kidding. It's not only the Big Ten Championship game, it's that weekend of Big Ten play. It is, yeah. There, there's going two, to be an three, Iowa football three. game that day. Or maybe the night before. Possibly. Right, yes. During that weekend, mm-hmm. though. Or during that time period, there will be an Iowa game. I didn't realize it was that weekend, but it is. It's the 19th. But boy, if you can get a, a 1 o'clock start for that. So who's going to broadcast that? Well, CBS remember, is going to be... I mean, all the foot... Every conference is having their championship game that day. They are, but remember, outside of the Big Ten, it's just one game. SEC is not playing this crossover that we're going to see. It's just one SEC so game. You, it's just one ACC game. It's just one Big 12 game. Yep. Everybody else... But the Pac-12 West championships that weekend. But there will be a plenty of spot for that. This one, I would guess, is going to be at the very least an ESPN game. Well, Maybe. how about CBS before the SEC championship? Oh, there, there's a lead-in, no doubt about that. Because that usually kicks at 3 o'clock, I want to say. Yes, In fact, absolutely. I know it is. I'm not, I'm not sure this year's, but in previous years, it's been 3. What a lead-in that would be. That would be a great one. So, really, really good news for Iowa. And But hang on a second. Iowa State's playing Oklahoma State in Dallas that day. Oh, they are. Well, we're going to have a full boat. Where are you going to go? Very busy. Uh, it's a place I always go. Ain't can either recline. <laughs> yes, right into my chair and watch that bad boy. Um, by the way, have you seen some of the... What, what am I missing here? So DraftKings out, came out with their... And I want to get back to local intimate, but this is local. It is, yes. Uh, so DraftKings came out with their, with their latest odds to win the Big 12. Mm-hmm. The Big 12 champion. This is football we're talking this about This is here. football, yeah. right. Not basketball. This is football. Oklahoma is still a prohibitive favorite. They have two losses. They have two losses. Now you just have to get there, mm-hmm. and they have Texas this weekend. And does six and three get you there? I think it does. Uh, depends who your three are against, and one of them's already against Iowa State. Well, and that's a good point because tiebreakers are head to head at six and three. Tiebreaker is going to be a part of it. There You're going to need help. Yes, yes. there isn't going to be one team eight and one, one and six Correct. and three, and everybody else five and four worse. Tiebreakers are going to have to go your way, uh-huh. and they have two pretty big tiebreakers Tri- already against them. They can't finish. No. They, they cannot finish. K-State comes back to beat them. Iowa State, as we know what happened. But, so, so Oklahoma's the big favorite. Mm-hmm. Texas is the second choice. Trent, Texas couldn't stop, 
I was going to say I mean, you I and just, I. Yeah, I was going to say Grandview, or, okay. but you know what I mean. That's not fair to Grandview because um, Texas is an awful defense. Yes, I know that Ellinger came up and he lit up his squad apparently on Sunday when they got back together um, after the uh, after the game, the TCU game this past weekend. But Texas Tech is the second choice. Oklahoma State is the third choice. Now I give them a little bit of a. A second look because I keep going back to that Tulsa game and mm-hmm. you and I reconvened and Bama Bob on Monday after Tulsa, Oklahoma State. And we're thinking, boy, oh boy, Oklahoma State can't be worth it. Damn, they, they should have got beat by Tulsa. Now we've seen Tulsa put together a little bit of a body of work here. But then and only then do you find Iowa State as the fourth choice on the board. <sighs> it's gonna, four to one. They're going to get there. And they have to win the game, though. To have to win the game, I agree. This is not true, but at least you'd rather there. have one in the game as <laughs> right, opposed to right. betting Oklahoma at a short price, and they're not even in Dallas in that game. How about K State with their start? Massive price, eighteen, 18 to, one. to one. Yeah, that, I don't. That doesn't. Ma- I know Thompson's injured, mm-hmm. doing it with smoke and mirrors, maybe, but the pedigree of Chris Kleiman, uh-huh. who just got extended. You see that? Yeah, with with the just the way that he knows how to win, he's he's a winner. That's what and he's you done. You keep saying it, and I don't want to buy it because I don't. I'm not buying the K State uh, hold on Iowa State this year. I think that they're going to. You're going to be wrong again that this year. Right? I know you say it every year, and you're usually right. Um, but Iowa State at four to one. TC was ten to one. Baylor, uh, Baylor nine to one. Uh, West Virginia sixteen. K State eighteen. Twenty to one on Texas Tech, and you can get seventy. <laughs> Five to one. That's not no seven hundred fifty to one for those Jeez. Jayhawks, our buddies to the south. Yeah, which... eighteen to one, Kansas, it's worth a shot. K State, you mean? Or K State? Yeah, uh, at eighteen to one, it's worth a shot because they've got that tiebreaker over Oklahoma State. I saw that. I was uh, uh, look. It's all there. And Trent asked the question on Monday. I thought it was a really good question. You know, at this point, after your, after Iowa State is two and zero. Oh, and the two wins are against two teams that really look as though they belong in the in the Big 12 conversation, although not so much Oklahoma anymore because they've fallen twice and have, have two schools with tiebreakers against them, obviously. Uh, Iowa State beat Oklahoma. Iowa State beat TCU and beat TCU um, when Duggan only played the first half. But you know what? Yeah. <laughs> they beat TCU. They got the win. They got you the win. You don't have to give that back. I, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if we see that game. Rematch there? A rematch of that game as well. Well, and if you get both those tickets, you know you're profiting. All right. Uh, I watched Baylor and West Virginia this past weekend, at least a good chunk of that game. I thought I saw two okay teams. Yeah. I didn't see, think I see a te- I saw a team that's going to uh, contend for the Big Ten Championship. Anyways, Brian wants to join the program, and we're happy to have him. Hello, Brian. Welcome to uh, Miller & Condon. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. Um I heard something uh, in passing after the K-State game last week that they took their starting quarterback off the field with his right arm hanging limp. That's true. He got hurt. In fact, uh, there was two quarterbacks hurt last week, Skylar Thompson and Alex Bowman. Uh, Alan Bowman, yeah. uh, who will play, who Iowa mm-hmm. State sees uh, this weekend for Texas Tech. Yeah, let me find the stats there, Brian, on K-State and in particular on, on Skylar Thompson. Um so he threw 10 passes in the game. Uh, the, his backup, Will Howard, came in through 12 passes. So I don't know when he left, but yes, he did leave the football game. I have not seen an update as to how long they think he's going to be out. They were um, hoping that he was going to be able to practice either yesterday or today. That was a report from Monday that came out. No and fracture. They, and the way they described it, the trainer was at his side holding his mm. holding his arm up. Mm. So I, I'm an old, long-time coach. I, that 
that doesn't sound good. That sounds either like a collarbone or a or a shoulder. Uh, when does K? When is the? I was or it's middle of November. It's the weekend mm-hmm. before Thanksgiving, so it'll be a while uh, before K State. Brian, anything else? Uh, I had a thought about you were talking about Robo Umpire. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've been I've been arguing with this with my older son now for quite a while, and we both have thrown out an idea that uh, maybe maybe the idea to uh, help the ump is that the Robo Umpire is for the umpire, and especially the home plate umpire, where if if think think inside their mask in their peripheral vision. A red light, the green light, uh, okay. a tiny little light. Yeah, a little it, it hits the zone. It's the zone, and it changes their perspective. They're welcome to use it, and nobody knows it except them. I think, Brian, that you should file for a patent. <laughs> uh, that would be my advice to you. Well, you know, it, it, it helps the umpire yeah. who, like a, like a Martinez, or I can't remember the other guy you were talking about. Angel Hernandez? Yeah, Hernandez. C.B. Buckner. Hernandez. Yeah. And the other guy, I can't remember his name right off the bat. Buckner. Yep. Um, yeah, Buckner. There's, Buckner is just awful. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> all over the board. Yeah. But anyway, that's just an idea I've been kicking around. And then which you somehow put, put sensors in the corners of the plate. And then you. Now, this, here's, here's where it breaks down the, the player would have to wear sensors in the uniform. And above the knees and in in the, yeah, at the letters. And the problem is, you know, I I know what's going to happen then. Yeah, Altuve's going to move it. <laughs> yeah, they're going to move it. Yeah. They're going to adjust it. They're going to find a try and find an edge. Well, there's oh, holes. There's holes in every invention. Just work it out, Brian. I think you're onto something with that in the uh, in yeah. the mess. Appreciate the call, Brian. Thanks for listening. Get back to us anytime. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I want the Skyler Thompson news. I I haven't been able to see a damn thing. No fracture. That that was announced mm-hmm. by Kleiman, and Kleiman said Monday during the teleconference that he thinks there's a chance he's going to be able to play this week. Mm-hmm. They do have a bye week the following week. Does that play in? We saw that in the mm-hmm. NFL with Devontae Adams with the bye week following. I wonder how much of that will impact things. The backup spot, though, there isn't there isn't a guy that has a whole lot of experience back there, and I guess that would be a concern, which turns into be a pretty monstrous game this week, isn't it? For K-State? Yeah, I'll say K-State, TCU. Yeah. And then a bye, and then Kansas, West Virginia, Oklahoma State. Boy, they've. how about their final four? Oklahoma State at home, at Iowa State, at Baylor, home to Texas. Keep your head above water. Keep your head You're above water. Control your destiny to get to Dallas. As Iowa State does. Yes, they do. <laughs> Undefeated, <laughs> they you control are. your own destiny. With wins over Oklahoma and TCU. I, I don't, um, what am I missing? I mean, I guess they're Oklahoma, and they because are. of that... They're going to get the respect of the betters, but that's way too short a price on a team that, uh, anyways. Uh, it's time to uh, help you out here. Hopefully put $1,000 in your pocket. One of those $1,000 handoffs is about to happen. Text the keyword SMILE to 200-200 right now. Your chance to win $1,000. That's SMILE to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Off to the Twin Cities we will go with John Shipley, St. Paul Pioneer Press. We'll do the Vikings. We'll do the Twins. Maybe a little gophers sprinkled in on there. See, Jack Cohn's going to be out for Wisconsin. Yeah. Significant time, but they don't play. That's the final game of the regular season. So. 
Uh, by then, Graham Mertz will probably be living up to his lofty status when he you got there. You think so, huh? We'll see. We'll see. He certainly uh, certainly had a lot of love when he signed with Wisconsin. Uh, John Shipley joins Miller and Condon next. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 0 and Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. On a Wednesday morning, coming up in about 15 minutes, Bill Bender from the Sporting News covers college football. 11.05, our guy David Kaplan will slide on in here. Cappy joins us 11.05 each and every Wednesday. It's then Tommy Birch uh, from the Des Moines Register. Right now, John Shipley as we head north to the Twin Cities. Uh, he writes for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. John, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming back on with us, John. How are you? Of course. I'm, I'm good. How are you? Doing well. I, I want to start with uh, with a guy who's really emerging on this Vikings uh, team, and that's Justin Jefferson, who, according to Pro Football, Forca- Pro Football Focus, uh, four games into this campaign, is the number one rated rookie receiver in a rookie receiver class uh, that arguably is as deep and as good uh, as we've seen in a long, long time. And there's Jefferson right at the top of that list. Uh, he's off to a terrific start. Yeah, he's He's been fantastic when they let him play. I, we we ran a big feature on him the day before the uh, Titans game, and I was reading it, and they were all saying nice things about him. I thinking, yeah, right. <laughs> I haven't seen this guy do anything. And then he, he's been really good ever since. Offense has been really good this year, and you look through outside of the Colts game, they've scored over 30 points. The defense has been the issue. Where are they with Kirk Cousins as they look to the future and possibility maybe this is going to be a rebuild? How big of a rebuild? When you look to the future, how much is Cousins entrenched into that Vikings organization? Well, they owe him $21 million mm-hmm. for the next, including this year, for the next three years. I, I don't know. I mean, if it is guaranteed. Right. So I guess what I would do if I were them, I guess I'd. I'd draft a guy, and and then I'd have him play under Cousins for a year. Or whatever. Now, if this kid turns into a quarterback, then you just have to start Cousins. But I don't see anyone trading at $21 million. But maybe, maybe you could. Um, it's certainly not $33 million. You know, there are guys that get paid that much. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't think anyone here thinks he's the answer. Mm-hmm. Put it that way. Um, unless Rick Spielman still does. I, I beat the drum hard for them to sign him. And I remember a bunch of Redskins fans saying, you're crazy. <laughs> I've been watching this guy for three years, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, right. Look at his numbers. He's going to be on a better team. But they were right. And I was right. <laughs> uh, John Shipley, uh, St. Paul Pioneer Press. You know, when you look closer at this Vikings, what they've done so far, the win over Houston notwithstanding, I mean, they put it in the win column, good for them, and uh, uh, Cook's been terrific. You look at the three losses, I mean, Green Bay unbeaten. Indianapolis, they're really, really good. I don't know how they lost to Jacksonville, but they did. Tennessee is unbeaten. Might this team be better than their, I don't know what this gets you, uh, better than the record indicates uh, as they head off to Seattle for Sunday night football, and that won't be easy. It, it could be. I mean, I, I don't think they're good, though. I, I think their their defense is really not good. They just don't have the players. They're, they're 
you know, bars out and they're not getting the hunter back and they're just not that good. And so they're going to have to, I wrote the other day that maybe they could be like those AFC teams in the late seventies and just kind of go for broke and, you know, win 38 to 37 or lose 38 to 37. And that would be fun to watch. I've seen a lot of good 500 teams like the bears one year when they had Eric Kramer. I really enjoyed watching that team. I think they finished 500, you know, maybe that's fun, uh, but I don't see them certainly winning. They can't overtake green Bay. They're a ter- the bears are a terrible matchup for them because they have a good defensive line mm-hmm. and they're very weak on the inside. So better. They're probably better than, you know, 0-3, but I don't think they're much better. Let me pick on something you just said, John. They're not getting Daniil Hunter back. Um, what are you hearing there? I mean, is that, do you think he's going, and he's, there's clearly something there, and they don't want to share what is there, what they found there. Apparently, it sounds like it's in the neck area. Correct me if I'm wrong. Do you think that this could linger throughout the entire season? I would think, as I only know what I read, you know, in our from our guy, and he's yeah. connected from Chris, and um he wrote something yesterday that, that it was recommended to him that he sit out the season. Wow. We also, you know, Shooter, Charlie Walters wrote recently, and I, you know, he's always got this inside stuff yep. that Hunter's not happy with his contract. So I, this might be a little bit of both. Um, I don't know what good it does for him if he's hurt to come back. On a, certainly on a team like this, he's probably not going to be in, you know, that's not going to be his his choice, I would guess, if he, he had one. Um, but I guess I've just been assuming all year. He hasn't practiced since the beginning of spring, training camp. Mm. I, I don't, even if he came back now, when would he start playing? I, my guess is they're going to have some, they'll have to put him on, you know, that unable to perform pup list or whatever, and then try to, so they don't, I don't know if they can figure out some way to pay him less or get him to, I don't know how they'll figure that out, but. They're going to have to make a move to, to deal with him pretty soon, I think, an official move. That'd be my guess. If this season ends 6-10, and 7-9, they're just frankly not very good as it kind of looks like they are. Is Zimmer in trouble? Is he out the door? And what about Spielman? How much leeway does he have, the general manager? Well, you know, I was talking to someone the other day, another writer, and he said, because I said, you know, those guys might be in trouble. And he said, well, you know, the reality is this is probably a good season to be bad. You know, there's no one at the games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's, they're canceling games, you know, or postponing games. It's just kind of a weird season. They did just sign these guys to, what, a year extension, I think, uh, each of them. So they're, it's this year and next year. So they owe them money. Um, you know, I, I don't know what that means to them. If it, It's not like they owe them $21 million. <laughs> But um, but on the other hand, the argument to say these guys have had their chance is that the Vikings have given them everything. They have more assistant coaches than the Pentagon has lieutenant general. <laughs> the, the, these guys are, they have Kubiak and, you know, they hire whoever they want. They've got the best facilities in the NFL, I would imagine. They, they let Zimmer do what he wants. They give him extensions. They told Zimmer to spend all the money on the uh, defense, blah, 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 blah. And they're still not very good. So that's the argument on the other end. Because I don't really know what else ownership could do for these guys. And and Spielman has kind of painted them into a strange corner because he's spending a lot on this team, especially on that defense. And they're they're terrible. 
It's wild. Well, let's go from one disappointment in Minnesota to another. As we're talking Minnesota sports, it kind of goes hand in hand to the Twins as the uh, losing streak goes to 18 straight in the playoffs as they were swept away by the Astros. Very easy looking at this roster. All right. You re-sign Nelson Cruz. You just run it back for another season and go that direction. Do you believe that Falvey and Levine will do that? That they will, for all intents and purposes, run it back out for a normal 162? Or do you see a bunch of changes upcoming for the Twins? Yeah, they, no, I see changes. Um, these guys are new, the new breed. Um, I don't think they're going to... I mean, this team has issues. I know they, you look at that lineup. And then when you think of it last year, it's a great lineup. But, you know, Sano did nothing this year. Uh, Eddie Rosario is a disaster in terms of quality at bat. Yeah. My guess is he's gone. Mm-hmm. They'll bring Kiralaba. This is, these guys are all about at bats, and Rocco's all about at bat. So that's why he didn't play Garver in the playoffs. And that's why, um, God, who was the other guy they played a rookie for? Oh, Cave. They want good at bats. So I, I think they're gonna. That's what they're gonna be looking for. And I think Sano is in. He's probably our eligible. I'd imagine right now, but he's under contract. So I don't know. I don't know how that's working with him. Maybe they bought out his arbitration. I don't see Sano long for this team. To be honest with you, I don't think he's worth much right now as a trade. I think they're gonna make. I think they're gonna make a lot of moves. You know, they made a really good one with Maeda. Uh, Odorizzi won't be back. Um, Hill won't be back. It's it, you're going to have some core pieces there, but it's going to get younger, um, and then they'll try to keep some veterans. I think they'll bring Cruz back, but I don't know if that's a great. If you're counting on a forty, is going to be forty-one yeah. next year. Mm. I mean, I, Cruz is terrific, and he and he keeps himself in shape, and he's a, he's a pro. But at some point, you know, the same thing will happen with Tommy. You, you just you just can't do it anymore. It, it's scary when you're building blocks or Nelson Cruz who's going to be 41, Byron Buxton, who's always hurt, and Donaldson with that calf yeah. injury, and we saw it again. When, when those it's are your building blocks, things can go south very quickly. Yeah, it's a major issue, and I understand the calf thing because, you know, most people, um, their calf hurts them like every day, right? <laughs> They're walking around, you're getting older, you know, every, something hurts all the time. So I don't, you know, we don't quite understand what it's like to be a great athlete, and you think, well, why can't you just play through the calf thing? I don't understand that. And there's probably a good reason, but they don't really tell us. And he's going to be 34, 35 maybe yeah. next year. It's not going to get better. So they have to figure out something for him. Uh, my last thing for you, uh, we're a couple of weeks away from the resumption of Big Ten play. Gophers get Bateman back, which is a huge, huge uh, pickup, I guess, if you want to uh, call it that, for, for them. Made a major impact on the Big Ten West last year. They got a good returning quarterback. Does P.J. Fleck have uh, another run in this Gophers team, at least in the Big Ten West with Wisconsin, with Iowa? I think they belong with those two schools. How about you? Sure, absolutely. They might even be the favorite, to be honest with you. I mean, this team was lost two games last year, um, but they got kind of smoked by Wisconsin. The the Iowa game was a tough game. It was a hard game. It was after they beat Penn State. It was on the road at night. Um, I think this is a good team. That the big thing is they're going to miss the defensive backs. Yeah, Certainly, for sure. Um, but I, I think PJ he knows what he's doing. I mean, if I were Iowa and Wisconsin, I, I'd be scared. Um, I think they. 
I think he's got this thing going. And if Minnesota could convince this guy to stay here, they might. This might be a run. They might turn it because what Minnesota has been trying to be is be Iowa, or be Michigan State, or be Wisconsin. And there's not room for four of those. So probably what like like we'll talk to Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they are not going to be that team anymore. And so the math just doesn't work out. So if I'm if I'm one of these kind of also Rams finish second in the West every year, I'm I'm a, I'm worried about about Minnesota. Good stuff, John Shipley. Thank you for what you do for Trent and I. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Appreciate it, John. All right, take care. Good to Bye. talk to John Shipley, St. Paul Pioneer Press. As we talk Minnesota sports, Gophers, Michigan. Uh, that's the uh, week that's one, week right? One. And then don't they get a layup in week two? At Maryland, at yeah. Illinois after that. Okay, so a couple of weeks. And then the Iowa game is the fourth one on the schedule on November 14th. Who do you like? Well, you know what I would like? Michigan like, at Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota. I think I do, too. He's I would right. like to see what days these games are going to be on. We were supposed to find out Monday. Yeah, Doc said Monday, Tuesday at the latest. Well, it's Wednesday. Right. Not that Doc's putting out the schedule, <laughs> but you know he talks to a lot of people. Tick, tick, tick. Unbelievable. Um, Bill Bender covers college football for the Sporting News. CLSU's moved their game to Mizzou. Yeah, yeah, they're scheduled to play Missouri. It'll be up in Columbia this week. And also potentially saw Monday the, Night Football. Yes. You see where it's going? To Indianapolis. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this hurricane, whew, they, they, they can't get your break down there. <laughs> no, not at all. It's unbelievable. Uh, Miller and Condon till noon. David Kaplan in 20 minutes. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors Cappy. A lot on the, uh, on the Cubs, a lot on the White Sox, a lot on the Bears, a lot on Cappy's plate when he joins us to kick off hour number two. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 10- Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Bill Bender covers college football for the Sporting News. He joins us. Bill, I want to get into college football, but I know you're a hardcore Packer fan, and I sh- I'm sure you heard Aaron Rodgers' comment yesterday on, uh, was it Pat McAfee's show, maybe? I want to say, I think it was, regardless. When he was asked about, you know, you got a lot of criticism for a down year, and his response, and I'm paraphrasing, was... Uh, a down year for me is a career guy, a career year for a lot of guys. I mean, I love the confidence, I love the response, and he is having um, just an amazing start to his season. I'm sure you heard that, Bill, and got a chuckle out of your QB. Yeah, you guys are supposed to react like Max he did every time I give you a college yeah, football analysis, right? Um, yeah, jump yeah, up and down. Was, <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, you know, he's playing well, and he's playing with an edge, and that offense is doing well, and. There was so much focus on the Jordan Love pick, and I think that obviously motivated him. And you know, when you're when he can throw it around to guys like Robert Tanyan and Darius Shepard, and they have a running. I think the more the two more important things with Green Bay is they have a running game, and they have a somewhat reliable defense. Mm-hmm. They're going to be playing in January. I just don't know how far. No doubt. You know, one more NFL than to call it, just because you watched uh, Dwayne Haskins a ton of his games. Uh, at Ohio State, uh, he started week one as the starter. Four weeks later, he's third on the depth chart. I didn't think he was uh, was long for the NFL when he was drafted. I get more wrong than I get right. This is one I'll put in there. At least it looks like it. But when you saw him play at Ohio State, did you think there's a can't-miss first-round quarterback, Bill? 
I thought he had one year in Ryan Day and and one year a very good year. And sometimes that can go either way. I mean, I was right in the middle of it when the debate was Burrow, Haskins, or Tate Martell. And, you know, that's what my text thread is doing today. There's a lot of, you know, Burrow did this and Haskins did that. And some of it's organizational. I mean, the Redskins organization is a mess. I don't know if you can gauge a guy's value that shortly, but it feels like, doesn't this feel like he's going to get Josh Rosen, so to speak? Yeah. Like he's probably going to get traded somewhere? Yep, I agree. Yeah. Probably good for him if that happened, too, yeah. at this point. You know, uh, as we jump over to the college side of things, I'm sure you were, as most people in the state were here in Iowa, locked into the Iowa State-Oklahoma game. Here in the 15,000 fans in the stands, the band, they were there for the first game, but not even a full boat, but as you watch college football this weekend, having people in the stands compared to what we've seen with the bubbles of the NBA and the NHL, of course, Major League Baseball without anybody in attendance, it just it feels so much better, so much different. And, and for me, Bill, it feels a lot more real. How about you having actually some people in the stands for these college games? Yeah, that was a fun game Saturday night. Iowa State getting that upset. Mm-hmm. When it, what was it, first time in 60 years? Yep. At home, yep. And that that's a moment for those, you know, they've watched that or they're never going to forget. And, you know, they made the plays down the stretch. And I I would explore with you guys, I mean, this notion that Patterson said Monday that the, he's sick of Oklahoma and Texas being the bellwether for the Big 12. But I think part of that is the Big 12 this year doesn't have a great team. I think we can say that safely. Yeah, I'm And there's you. probably going to be a lot more of that going on. And I have no idea who's going to win that conference. Yeah, I think at this point, and Trent brought it up on Monday, it would be disappointing considering that Iowa State's got a tiebreaker over TCU and now Oklahoma, and we see that Texas can't stop anybody. K-State seemingly has the clones numbers year after year, Bill, but it would be disappointing with the start Iowa State's had uh, if they don't um, you know, play for an opportunity to get to Dallas. If we're not in the middle of December uh, and, a, and a trip to the championship game is not on the line, it would be disappointing in a year where Oklahoma, Texas, Baylor doesn't look as though they're last year's Baylor team. Um, Oklahoma State is okay, but I don't think great to your point. It would be a disappointment, I think, if Iowa State doesn't get to the championship game. Yeah, you mentioned that start in the conference, and and I think if they get a split against Oklahoma State and Texas and don't mess it up from there, they'll have a decent chance at that. You know, and at least if it's like seven and two or eight and one in the conference, that'll probably get you there. So, you know, those are going to be the next two big games. Obviously, they can't overlook Texas Tech this weekend. But mm-hmm. and I think at the end of it, what could happen is if they go eight and one in the conference, they're really going to kick themselves about that opener. Yeah, and that's just the way this works. So. Um, but a great job by Matt Campbell. Uh, you get, you guys know I like him being an Ohio guy, a Mount Union guy, and what he's been able to do at the next level. And I mean, this is really what he's building that program up to be. Trey Lance, his uh, collegiate career is over. Didn't get to see a whole lot of him as he just plays the one game against Central Arkansas. But the future first-round draft pick, North Dakota State product, has foregone the both spring season and the rest of his collegiate eligibility. Pretty uneven performance. Got off to a really slow start in that first time out. But you watch Trey Lance. You look at the numbers last year, 28 touchdowns, no interceptions. That jumps off the page. What do you think about him at the next level? Well, I think, you know, we'll see. I would still put him behind Lawrence and Fields. Sure. I think Fields is a guy that, and then I think then the Trey Lawrence debate will really begin and, and whether or not he's a first-round quarterback, which I think he is. Yeah. Um, now, you know, the, this Trevor Lawrence 
sweepstakes thing. I think I told you guys this week, a lot more people at Sporting News are reading about Trevor Lawrence on Sunday than they are on Saturday. Yeah, for so sure. it's in full effect. Yeah. And I even did that Dabo story today about, uh-huh. you know, Dabo's not going to go to the NFL. But it doesn't mean teams aren't going to start trying in some ways with him, I think. Because if you could, and people will talk about that Lawrence Dabo pairing. I just don't think it's realistic. Mm. And the Deshaun Watson connection, too, and they need a coach, and you can see why people are connecting the dots. I hope he stays. Well, let's talk about his team, Bill, because look, this is a, this is, um, we've been, we've been waiting for one of these weeks, right? And I think we're about to get one of these weeks in college football with some really meaningful games. (laughs) The Red River Shootout, ironically, not amongst them, but that they've got two marquee teams. But Miami and Clemson, here we go. Two versus seven, right? Um, Clemson, Bill, I just think that they're waiting for this game to reassert to everyone where they belong and not so fast, Miami. Yep, you're a nice story so far, but we're Clemson after all. Bill, this is how I see this game. Do you think this will be an entertaining, close game on Saturday night and will live up to the spotlight of ABC in primetime? Yeah, well, my wife and I will be in Vegas with uh, for my sister's wedding and... uh, I'll probably may, may or may not have a couple dollars on some of these games, so <laughs> we'll see. Where are you staying, by the way? Where are you staying? Uh, Bally's. So we'll be at Bally's, uh-huh. and uh, we're going to have fun. And You know, like I said, when I'm not working, I might be able to put a dime <laughs> or two on a game. And um, I'm with you, though. I think Clemson's going to flex. Uh, I think they're going to yep. make Derek King pass the ball if he can't be efficient and they can't run the ball which Clemson's only allowing 2.2 yards per carry. Um, they've kind of been sitting. I think they've coasted the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and this is the game where they flex a little bit, and I think they're going to win. I don't know what handily is, though. I think like I had it at like 38-20, to 20, and for Miami that would be progress knowing that they've lost the last two meetings by a combined score of 96-3. to 3. Another uh, big one. I'm excited to see this weekend. It's the CBS game, 2.30 Central Time. Tennessee with the longest win streak in the country from the power structure. They go on to take on Georgia and the law firm of Stetson Bennett. What a name. I mean, that's an SEC name written all over it. They struggled in week one for a half against Arkansas, then looked great against Auburn. What do you anticipate we're going to see? Is this going to be another good one, or are we destined for another blowout? That's the most Georgia name ever for a quarterback. It really is. And uh, that one I'm probably more intrigued in because I want to see if Tennessee's big offensive line can lean on them. Here was a stat I dug up this morning. In the last decade, versus Florida, Georgia, and Alabama, Tennessee was 3-27. and (laughs) I mean, and they haven't beat Alabama since 06. So – it's about progress in these games that really matters for Jeremy Pruitt. It's not about beating Missouri and Vandy and Kentucky, which they've established that that I think they're the third best team in the SEC East. Now it's about beating your big rivals. And I think they're going to hang around, but it's hard knowing that Georgia's good at getting off the field on third down and has that really good defense. I think the Bulldogs end up winning. Uh, well, we got to talk about the Red River Shootout. It is Texas and Oklahoma, after all. It's a very tight line. I have no idea what to expect, Bill. Oklahoma, seemingly, they can't close out games. Texas has no defense. They've got a PO'd quarterback who lit up the Longhorns when they got back to uh, at least watch some uh, tape on Sunday. Help us out with the Red River Shootout. Man, it'll probably be a shootout, like you said. And, uh, um, 
I think Texas is going to win, but it's just because I think this is Sam Ellinger's moment, right? Your season's on the line. They had a chance to be 3-0 last week. Their defense isn't good, but they still had a chance to win before Ingram fumbled. Um, Oklahoma with Rattler, it's come down to, you know, he's had two chances in the fourth quarter and hasn't quite come up with the big play. He's going to be good down the line. I agree. For all the questions about Big 12 style and Big 12 defense, I think the Oklahoma's biggest issue right now is inexperience at the playmaker position, quarterback, running back, receiver. Mm-hmm. And they had guys opt out. They had guys leave. Mims is going to be pretty special. I, he really is. <laughs> but but it's going to take time. And, and I think Oklahoma fans don't want to hear that. But I think give Spencer Rattler time. He's going to be all right. Yeah, I'm with you. A young running guy. You mentioned it. Skill positions. They're all young at those spots. Bill, we'll talk to you next week. Enjoy this weekend of college football. I think it's going to be terrific. Thank you, Bill. All right, I'll bring back all that money. For yeah, Texas absolutely. Go week. get him. Go get him, Bill <laughs> Bender. Have fun. I will. Thanks, yeah, anxious to hear how that goes. Have you heard anybody that's been in Vegas? I haven't, no. Outside of people that I know that live yeah, there. I'm with you. I have no desire, and I love Vegas. Yeah. Now nah, soon. Maybe a year. Yep. Um, hopefully before then. Anyways, uh, David Kaplan, anxious to talk to Cappy. He's next. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors. It's 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.